Hey listeners, it's Adam, and 2019 is already off to such a busy start. You guys may have seen it, The Creative Workbook came out. It is a process-oriented guide to helping you set goals and visions for the coming year. It's an accumulation of hundreds of hours of work of me working with individuals and groups on helping them reach their creative goals. Go to the website, notesonyournotes.com forward slash 2019, or just go to the main website and click on Creative Workbook. It is there for you, a gift. Merry Christmas. Happy Joshua. New Year. Happy New Happy Year. Year. Yeah, it's also the Chinese New Year's and all that good stuff. So I have some classes coming up in the Los Angeles area the month of March and April. I'll also be hosting a couple of open mic nights in downtown Los Angeles. I also have a class for the embodied writing for uh, writers getting into their body, and it's going to be taught at the Soul of Yoga down in Encinitas, and I'm co-teaching that with Dr. Dana Reese. So that will be an amazing experience as well. Um, as well as Hollyhock. Hollyhock is uh, is uh, coming up again in July. Josh is back at Hollyhock teaching again. And I just want to say it's an amazing experience. He taught in the uh, fall of last year and at the Braid Theater in Santa Monica. And it culminated in a show where everyone presented completely original material. A bunch of people showed up to watch it. And it was such a good experience for people to start with their process and get towards a completed piece. Uh, so, so much to offer this year, and there'll be more, so stay tuned. Enjoy the show. Now arriving downtown Santa Monica Station. Hey, Adam. It's time for Notes on Your Notes. I'm Adam Lesser. And I'm Joshua Townsend Zellner. Welcome to Notes on Your Notes, the podcast about the creative process and storytelling. I'm late. I'm very late. <laughs> You're not late, Adam. Come on. Actually, you were trying to tell me it was all right because there's some astrological reason. Well, there was an eclipse. There was an eclipse. A couple there was of an days. eclipse yes. the other night. Last yeah, night. full moon. Full moon eclipse. Just, yeah, exactly. Last night. So, I mean, to wake up with that kind of energy, of course, you're going to feel like, oh, I'm late. Eclipse, right? Something going past you. But it's, it, it's all part of the natural rhythm of life. So, we're talking about the creative workbook that I put together last year, and then I was rewriting for this year, and I was busy, and then I got a cold, and so I didn't. I wanted it to come out right around New Year's Day. But it's coming out right now, today. Which is the best timing. You want to know why? why? Because that's what is. That's what is. That's right, man. That's what it is. But it's still in time for you to think about this year and what made you happiest in the past creatively and what you want to do going forward. Mm-hmm. I guess I should say like a little bit about why I do this. I would love to hear that because it's all about intention. So I want to hear what your intention is. Yeah. Um. So what happened? I guess like five or six years ago, I started started running and working with these accountability groups in mm-hmm. LA. Mm-hmm. So it was like a really eclectic mix of people. I'm, I'm sorry, accountability. Is that like accountants getting together? Oh, no. Josh. No, here. well, just roll it out. I, we did not have an accountant in the group, but I bet there are accounts out there which have big creative <laughs> visions. <laughs> but what I really want to do is open my own CPA firm. <laughs> okay, so, so what does that mean, an accountability group? They were a group of people, really just friends of mine, mm-hmm. professionals. Uh, one was a movie producer. One was a programmer. One was a holistic therapist. Mm. One was a exquisite um, high-end jewelry designer. Does beautiful work, Amanda Keaton. And um, 
they all sort of wanted help with creating visions for their creative lives and their careers Mm. and you know things they would like to be doing so we started establishing systems of tracking and investigations of what was most meaningful for us what our values were you know it became an ongoing thing and i learned just like so much from working with them about what people need in their process towards goal setting Mm -hmm. and i think that what was interesting for me was that I came out the other end of that and I continue to work on myself with really different views about what works in terms of getting your goals accomplished. Mm-hmm. And I became pretty process oriented or I should say I'm pretty, I'm pretty mixed. I believe in process, but I also believe in accountability and results. But like certainly the starting point always has to be an investigation of what makes you happy. What are your values? When are you happiest? What are the circumstances that make you enjoy your work? Uh, where do you want to be in uh, 12 months, five years? Uh, and how do you vision that before you start making lists of things to do? Mm-hmm. Normally, we like New Year's resolution. I, I think I was sort of re- repulsed by New Year's resolutions mm-hmm. and realizing that not only did they not work, but it was just like the whole concept was wrongheaded. Like making this list of stuff I'm going to yeah. do yeah. was so disconnected for me from like what I want to be doing. Mm-hmm. I guess the classic one is the gym, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Apparently, mm-hmm. like gym membership spikes yeah. in January, February. Right. Like apparently, if you go to the gym in January, it's packed. Yeah, everyone's made their resolution. They're gonna lose some weight. They're gonna, get, you know, it's like I love how you say apparently because <laughs> we never go. So that's so. what I hear. That's what I hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen video. So people tell me. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you know what I hear you say is is that while your process you know, orient, your orientation is, is part of a process. You also look at the process in relationship to the results that you garnered from using that process, and, you, and then you reevaluate the process. Yeah, reevaluate your, your process from past years. That's fantastic. What's working from that process, what's not working from that yeah. process. How do you create a better process going forward? Yeah. But it, for me, it's a lot about emotions and motivation. Mm-hmm. That's a big factor. Mm-hmm. And that when you when people make decisions to do things from the right emotional space and the right motivation, mm-hmm. they they get a lot farther mm-hmm. and it's a lot more enjoyable. And so that was kind of where this workbook, so I wrote it last year. I didn't think anyone would download it. A lot of people <laughs> did download it. <laughs> I just think people like free stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and we last New Year's, we did part of the workbook on the show. Yeah, that was fun. We can't do the whole workbook because it's like 10 pages and we don't have time. But we did the important parts. And there are some new sections this year to deal with boundaries and commitments and setting priorities. Uh, and I have even more stuff I think I want to add to it, which maybe I'll add to it as we go on. Mm-hmm. But so it exists. So first off, it's up on the website, notesonyournotes.com forward slash 2019, or just notesonyournotes.com and click the tab that says creative guide for 2019. It's a free download as a thank you to our listeners. And if you're having problems with it, um, just email me. I'll answer your questions. So we were going to start this year by actually talking about what we did last year. What we, so Uh, you did say accountability. Accountability. Yes. It's it's time for us to be accountable. I do. I do think it helps to be held accountable for another person and not in like a harsh way, but more like, Oh, what did I want to do? And why Mm -hmm. didn't it happen if it didn't? Yeah, like a reminder, like a, a like a friend saying, "Hey, I remember when you said yeah. da 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 da." Yeah. So last year, Joshua, your um, and we'll just go through like what our goal was for yeah. 2018. Yeah. 
Yours was, I believe, to do three events, right? Yes, yes. In different cities. And then there was a secondary one, which was to do a new creative partnership. Is that right? Wow. Okay. Yeah, right on. The magic of having a recording that you can go back to and look at. You know what it was interesting? I went back and listened to last year's episode, and it made me think, like, when I work with individuals on the stuff like this, mm-hmm. I want to start recording those conversations yeah. so they can look at them later. Because it is mind-blowing to look back and like, oh, this is what I wanted 12 months ago. I How had have the, I changed? So what I wish for all of our listeners is that everyone gives themselves that opportunity to have a friend or to or audio record it on your phone or however you want to lay it down. Yeah. But do an audio recording of it and then uh, archive it and then put a reminder in your phone for a year later to listen to it. And it's just so much fun because it's like, oh, my God, I said that. And then, yeah. you know, where I hit and where I don't hit is... But it's just a really, uh, I feel like it's its a really important tool. I think you can even do it at, at intervals of three and six months too. Good, yeah. Particularly if you're working with someone else where you're kind of mm-hmm. meeting up periodically, maybe once a month, and just to check in every three months, be like, oh, okay, this is three months, How what my thinking was, how has that changed? Yeah. You know, what life events have gotten in the way or not. Uh, but yeah, it is nice to have a recording to think uh, it's it sort of clarifies what your values were at one point yeah. in your life. Yeah. It's also, I feel like in some ways for me, it's more personal because I hear myself say it as opposed to reading something that I wrote. I think that's a good point. Because I keep all my old inventories uh-huh. that I've written, uh-huh. but it is a little different. It's different. It's like, wow, I said that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I don't want to go too far afield so here. So do you want to, should we check in on your goals for 2018? Yeah, yeah. So you asked me about um, three events, three cities, right? Three events, three events in three cities. So I reviewed it, I looked at it, and we did one event in San Francisco that was out of the city, right? And it was a beautiful event, very well, uh, beautiful experience. Yeah, seventy people showed up. It was great. Marsh Theater. Theater. Yep. And and from that, we had Stephanie on our show, and Stephanie Weissman, the creative director of the Marsh, Mm -hmm. was on the show. And then we had amazing um, connections with other people in the audience, and it had a whole ripple effect. So that was fantastic. Then the other city that we went to to do a show that we had amazing people at. And I, I say it's another city because it took 90 <laughs> minutes to get there, and that would be downtown LA. <laughs> it took 100, by the way. Okay, sorry, 100 minutes. I call it the century. Yeah. Santa Monica downtown for that show. <laughs> <laughs> so even though some people would say, well, in miles, it's your same town, I'm going to say no, because we could have traveled to Santa Barbara in that same 100 minutes. So It would have been a lot nicer, too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah. I'm going to count LA, downtown LA is another show. And in fairness, you pushed for a Portland show. It just didn't happen. Yeah. So, so we, downtown LA, we did it at Olac uh-huh. and we had a beautiful experience there again. I don't know, maybe 50, 60 people. And it was just a wonderful experience. It had a sort of an open mic night feel and it was beautiful. And then, yes, we, we did have the intention to go to Portland, Portland. It just didn't work out. Uh, so I, I'm going to say two out of three of the three. I think you did great. I think did. when I see how much effort it takes to throw an event mm-hmm. like i think you did amazing yeah well, thank you. and the san francisco show was really uh yeah. it was yeah. really great i mean yeah. i i didn't know if that was gonna happen <laughs> and it did and it did yeah and we had a great turnout so um i feel like the energy of that which i put forward was great i you know i didn't hit the number of three but that's i'm, I'm okay with that and i'm looking at you know continuing that that energy flow into 2019 oh you want to do more events this year oh 
There's for a, sure. there's no oh there's no question. I'm I'm we're 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 gonna do one in downtown L.A. Yeah, we're doing another one in a foreign city downtown L.A. <laughs> in, uh, <laughs> in probably March or April spring spring for sure spring, spring yeah. Uh, okay, and, and then what, what was the other one? Oh, it was uh, you wanted a new creative partnership with someone you hadn't worked with before. Was that right? Yeah. So I forgot that I said that, and, I, and then and so of yeah. course it, it helps me to review the year, and it's true. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my god! Oh, you did. Who'd you work with? I worked with this lady that at that point I hadn't met, uh-huh. and she's working on a book, and we've been in creative collaboration for since. Um, uh, probably since March or April. And and I looked at that, I was like, wow, look at that. And then I'm working with this other person who's working on a vlog, um, and that's that's coming up. So I had two, of, and that was people that I didn't know before. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. And so that was exciting for me. And and you? So you can help remi- me remember this, but I believe my 2018 goal was to work on um, a book of nonfiction essays, right? Yes. Okay. So like a compilation, you said a compilation, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And because I had a lot of material. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I always wonder about this cause like it's a big project and there are some steps that got happened that happened and some steps that didn't. Mm-hmm. So what happened? More material got written. Good. Like I contri- like I finished another notebook worth of personal stories, but the big piece that I was a little disappointed in like, I now have like four or five notebooks of personal stories. They didn't really get typed up and put into form. Mm -hmm. A couple of the bigger essays got typed up and started to send to people for notes. Mm. Uh, And some of the ones got ended up being performed out. One of them at like the the Braid Theater Mm -hmm. with Josh and Mm -hmm. then another one at our open mic in downtown LA. Mm -hmm. And it's weird because when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, I didn't do this goal at all. Like I didn't accomplish like this, like this is, I don't even remember this, hmm. you know, like I remembered it, but I was like, oh, you didn't do this at all, Adam. This, But then when I thought back, I was like, well, I did do some of this, right? Mm-hmm. Some of this mm-hmm. got, it just didn't, I'm not sitting here with the, with a, a galley or a manuscript for what it is. Mm-hmm. So I would say I was a little disappointed and I'm going to point to something else, which is this, which is last year was a very sort of hectic year for me for a lot of reasons. I think I would have done better if I had actually a partner mm-hmm. to do to to step back in and be like, okay, April first, you had this goal. Where are you with it now? Like, mm-hmm. okay, you're gonna you're gonna write this nonfiction book of essays. Okay, you've written some new ones. You've typed up a couple, but I'm still looking at three notebooks that haven't been typed up. I always wonder if I'm just gonna have an apartment fire and it's gonna solve this little problem for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so what, you're, what I'm hearing you say is uh, an accountability partner would, would be... I just think help. like 12 months... It's, I think it's an act of insanity to say like, this is my goal for 2018 or 19 uh-huh. and I'll see you in 12 months. Particularly on a, like a book project like yeah. that. Yeah. When I had other writing commitments, like I was rewriting a TV pilot. I was... Yeah. Um, I just had other commitments for writing, you know? like uh-huh. So to say like... Um, yeah, that was a little... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like it's important to identify what would be a, a valuable asset to bring with you to into 2019. And what I'm hearing you say is is like a three-month check-in. And, I need a three-month check-in. Yeah. And that's, three-month check-in and a check-in to like what... I think part of the three-month check-in is not just am I doing what I said I was doing, mm-hmm. but am I enjoying the work? 
Mm-hmm. And is it still alive in me? Yeah, is it yeah. still? Am I still enjoying it? What's that? There's an old famous quote or saying that says a, a true friend is someone is someone who reminds you reminds you of your song that you sung when you've forgotten the tune oh. or words to that effect. I was gonna say a true friend is is someone who brings you um, cacao inspired drinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's too. That's true too. Yeah. Josh showed up today with a big smile and this chocolatey syrupy oat milky concoction that he handed to me rich with cacao and theobromine Mm -hmm. and uh i said okay thanks that's nice of you and then he said no no this is not from anywhere it's from it's from uh letterpress i believe is what it's called and they're in los angeles on robertson and they make a uh, a chocolate a hot chocolate milk that's vegan and uh it's amazing and they make it fresh and it's right there on robertson like just uh, north of the 10 freeway i feel like because of josh we've become like just a free pr company <laughs> for people who have good chocolate ideas <laughs> but only if it's, it's really coming good. out soon but we have an interview with uh harold the head of one of the heads of original beans yeah an artisanal chocolate maker which i believe you can buy at erewhon um okay was it how come you had two golds for last year this year last year and i only had one i don't you know i wasn't really clear it seemed like it was like it covered in different areas but i'm you know i'm an overachiever (laughs) (laughs) okay i don't i don't know why but did i have another one i don't know that was that was it yeah all right so Uh, type a a person now it's gonna get like practical so i've got a suggestion for everyone Mm, you can play along with us at home by going to notesonyournotes.com <laughs> forward slash 2019, downloading the creative workbook, mm-hmm. and you could like follow along with some of the questions. We're not going to do all of them because the workbook is more thorough than what we're going to do on the show, but you could just get a sense of it. Yes. Great idea. Play along at home. Watch the bouncing ball. Okay. So okay. we're going to open with the first and I think the most important question, which is, if you think back to last year in your creative work, Josh. Yes. When were you happiest? Well, you know, I read over that question that you put in the workbook, which is fantastic. And at the same time, nothing really came up. And when you asked me today, it just flooded my consciousness without a single beat. So you may want to consider, you you folks playing at home alone, yeah. you may want to have someone read it to you because sometimes being in community with someone will help stimulate something that may not be there. Uh, and if you can't think of like, when was I happiest, start just thinking of like, were there enjoyable times? Right. right. Like, if happy's too much of a reach. Right? <laughs> yeah. When did I? When did I feel a little good? Yeah. When did the cloud lift? Um. So, the first thing that flashed into my brain, seriously, was us doing our uh, event uh, at Olock in downtown. Okay. Uh, with that, with that event that we did. Josh emceed that event. I. I think we had twelve people, even more, present material, yeah, some, three to five minutes. Yep. Yep. It was yeah. a fun night. There was that vegan was, treats. Oh, that was so that was so much fun. But that's what I flashed on. And and well, you know, I, I did the MCing, but we we co-hosted it together and that was that had a great energy and a great feel. So that was that was definitely one of my most um you know, enlivened uh, memories of 2018. So can I ask you like just a little bit of context, mm-hmm. but like what what felt good about the work and what were sort of the circumstances? Um I tend to have uh, a, a real good um, 
mm, fun feeling in my body when I'm riffing, mm-hmm. and I and that kind of environment just gives me you know a great opportunity to riff. Oh yeah, like in between in between performers, you could mm-hmm. sort of like be free and mm-hmm. MC and talk. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and and uh, and Sky was there. So. <laughs> <laughs> was sky the kid yeah oh yeah we had this 11 year old uh-huh. nine-year-old she was this really sweet child came on stage at the end and helped out mm-hmm. she was definitely the star of the show and what was really fun was that she and her mom came along which was nice too. yeah we didn't just like hire some 11 year old <laughs> off of a casting agent's lookbook <laughs> uh and they had just flown in from i believe it was uh the netherlands and yeah. they're on their way to hawaii and they're in town for one night and 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 they were blessed and yeah you know they blessed uh, us with their presence so that was really fun the timing of that and ann randolph was there and they're good people there's a confluence of energies that happened to all come together that night it was just really a beautiful night Nice. And you? What what gave what gave you Adam that tingle up your spine, that good feeling? Mm. This is a really hard question for me. All As right, I've got one. Okay. I don't know if it's the only one, but it was yeah. one. Yeah. I was I really got a kick out of the event in San Francisco when we were giving notes to people's performance. Oh. We were actually giving, so people got up and they did three to five minutes uh-huh. and then Josh and I gave them like 15 minutes of notes. And sometimes we actually asked them to re-perform short sections. And I really love the feeling of where is this person's story right now and their show mm-hmm. and how could it be more effective and more uh, deep? And like, could I kind of help guide them toward mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. And like, I like that feeling. And I've done that. I've worked. I mean, I've, this is not the first time I've done that. Mm-hmm. I've worked with people on their stories and all sorts of stuff. But just doing it in that venue in front of a live audience was enjoy. I like that. And it made me, it's made me confront like the possibility that maybe I do enjoy sometimes being like in front of people, mm-hmm. which I never liked. I always felt really uncomfortable in front of an audience, but I was pretty, I felt okay that night, which was good. I do you, I'm I'm going to drill down even more on that night. Uh-huh. Do you have a specific moment or a specific person that you were working with cuz I have one in my mind's eye and I just want to see if it Well, links. there was a gentleman named Vivek. That's exactly what I was thinking. He was doing about. a really interesting show, a uh-huh. solo show about what it's like to be aging in Silicon Valley mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. not being taken seriously by younger people who have more power and money than you and really about his relationship with money. And I just thought it was a really original voice. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And so I was working on, you know, I worked with him and I kind of like, sometimes you can just see, oh, this, this person has a vision for a show. And I, and I think this, he has something to say. That was the moment that I saw you come alive as well. So I just want to give you Thank that you. live feedback. Um, and I remember distinctly thinking, oh, Arthur Miller, death of a salesman, you know, sort of um, yeah. storyline and how it stoked you. And when you got stoked, he got stoked. And it was like this endless circle of stokedness. Circle of life. <laughs> Circle of life. Um, and then the other one that, uh, even though you didn't mention it, I'll mention it. I saw a huge light uh, uh, beaming out of you when you performed uh, your narrative with music. And I felt like that was... Yeah, a- so that's kind of like looking ahead to the rest of this episode. But yeah, that's something I've been thinking about more recently, which is whether I enjoy being on a stage in front of people reading stories and performing. But anyways, one of the things I did this year was... Um, 
I've read personal stories in front of audiences, uh-huh. but one of the things I tried this year was I combined it with music. Uh-huh. So I'm a really bad guitar player, but I have been learning oh, for okay. a while. Mm-hmm. I take lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was happened to be a personal story I wrote where there was music mixed in. And like it, I happened to be playing a guitar in this story. Uh-huh. And so I did that on stage, which was quite in front of like, you know, 30 people. And like, it was deeply uncomfortable, but it was also a new possibility. You know, it's kind of like that mix of like, oh, like now I have a new tool I can use. Mm-hmm. And also like, this is really uncomfortable because I've never, like, it's one thing to tell a story on stage. It's one thing to play a guitar on stage. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to do both. <laughs> it's one thing to do both and to sing yeah. at certain points. So yeah. it was a lot. I got overloaded. Mm, I felt you. May, but I, I felt you, it yeah. felt very authentic to me. If, 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 yeah, it was fantastic to, to witness. Thank so. you. So I did that, and thanks to everyone mm-hmm. who came to that show. Yeah, my guitar teacher came to that show. Yeah, and Jim Green, and we wound up knowing uh, people in common in terms of our background. That was yeah, so much yeah, fun. Yeah, it was a good night. So, on all courtesy of Josh's class, which he's going to mm. teach again this year. Yes, more classes. Uh, okay. Next question. Mm-hmm. What was your greatest creative challenge in 2018? I have that answer in two small words. And that that challenge actually is continuing to this day. And I'm looking forward to engaging it more and more in 2019. Are you, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here it is. Two words, right? Being public. Yes, I love that, Josh. Josh, I feel like, because I feel like this has been um, one of the things you're really committed to working on is finding out ways to be more public in your work. Yes. Uh, Whether it's via social media or whether it's your teaching, Mm -hmm. this podcast, Mm -hmm. you are really making a focused effort. And I I think I sometimes, because you have been so committed to it, Mm -hmm. I sometimes forget that it's like your edge. Mm-hmm. because you do it. I mean, Josh manages our social media accounts, which gives me the willies thinking about doing. Um, what can, can I ask a follow-up question? Sure. Which is, yeah. Um, from the workbook. This is, this is where, this is where your background show, shows up as like a professional <laughs> in terms of media. Hey, um, can I ask you a follow-up question to that? Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, sure. Adam, go ahead. It's like, I can imagine you on a date. So how long has it been since your last relationship? Oh. I don't know. I just, yeah. I'm trying so, to talk about so, that. So, so I don't use the R word in the first 35 <laughs> dates. <laughs> so can I ask you a follow-up question to that? What was the, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it's just fun. Well, it's only that we're friends that I'm asking for permission. Right. Normally I just I'd ask. <laughs> Jump in, man. Um, Here's a follow-up. What sort of resources, skills, inner resources did you access to get through this challenge? And just so we define it for our mm-hmm. listeners, mm-hmm. we're specifically talking about it's hard for you to be public about what? About details of your personal, of, not your, of like your life, or more like just being out there talking about your work? Um. I would reduce it to one word, which would be sharing. Sharing. So sharing. Sharing a class, sharing. Just sharing. Sharing this podcast, anything. Right. Sharing. Sharing like a cacao drink. No, I'm actually pretty, I'm pretty fluid sharing cacao no, drinks. Yeah. You were very generous. To yeah, me. yeah. Um, but sharing, uh, or another way, of, if I was a Buddhist, I would say non-hiding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, you know, it's a challenge. Like, like. 
And uh, yes, I have a background as as an actor and improvisation and all those yeah. wonderful things. And at the same time, it doesn't, um, you know, it's it's a challenge. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. What is it? Can I ask? Like the fear? Is it a fear of exposure of like being judged? Is it shame? What's the what's the emotional underpinning of it? Well, um, I experience it. I experience it as a, a habituated uh, situation of hiding, uh-huh. um, and I'm more comfortable in a hiding position than I am in a uh, exposed position. Um, <clears throat> some people would say that you know I had a past life or a future past life as uh, in a monastery, so you know sequestered, secluded. Yeah. Um, and actually those words sequestered and secluded are, are, are my friends, you know, in terms of, um, my, uh, my old lifestyle. And so now it's like coming out into the light, um, coming out into the sun. sun. Um, so in relationship to, uh, what do I link it to the feeling, the underneath the underbelly, I'm just going to say that it's, I feel it mostly connected to a habituated, um, behavior uh that has been with me for you know a long time Mm -hmm. and um and it's uh just you know doing new behaviors until that new behavior feels um um more integrated yeah that's such fancy language and then i also work with mental and physical relaxation which is what i teach as well i actively work with that in relationship to breaking into these new areas yeah no i think that's fair i think it's like people are waiting for the breakthrough when they're suddenly going to feel like they can just rip through it and it's like the way you frame it is try something small so like maybe i post something small about myself online or i send out Mm. a small story to some small you know like Mm -hmm. like i just go slow until i'm just used to this and i realize it's not the end of the world right you know Mm -hmm. um i used to go to open mic nights that um would be hosted um at uh, kennels (laughs) hey hey ho doing comedy (laughs) Comedy. Um, and you? And you, senor? My biggest challenge. Hold on. Um, I would say that the, the hardest thing for me last year was just the intrusion of my personal life on in my creative work. It was all the it was like all the crap around the work that became a problem last mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was like issues in my you know personal romantic life. It was. Um, like, see, ooh, I just felt like that coming out of hiding then. Oh, that's interesting. Like what you were talking about? Yeah. I've never, because, you know, you know, like when we started this, like my hard rules, I would never talk about my personal life. Right. And I just like alluded to it. Wow. <laughs> so How did that feel? I feel yeah. lost and exposed. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just challenges in not just there, but like in some friendships and uh, in the support I was getting therapeutic, mm-hmm. like it just felt like the stuff around my creative world mm-hmm. was really chaotic. And mm-hmm. you know, that stuff that has a huge impact, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's like professional athletes. Like, you know, I sometimes look at it and I'm like, he gets it is mm-hmm. LeBron James. Mm-hmm. LeBron James got married super young and has a family and his family is really important to him. And mm-hmm. he's like, you know, has this was sort of this Cleveland 
not Cleveland, like Ohio boy. Mm -hmm. He's like stayed very true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I look at that sometime and I'm like, I think he did that. You know, it may have been what felt natural to him, but I also think he understands that having that stable home life yeah. is really important for him to be as committed to his work as he is. Because he's crazy. Like, he's in the gym at 5 a.m. Right. He apparently spends a couple million dollars on his, like, aftercare and his, you know, and his coaches and his nutrition. Like, sure. Like, there's, I'm sort of, I've been a little fascinated. By, I'm always fascinated a little bit about athletes and their commitment. But I look at him sometimes and I'm like, you know what he has in check? Hmm. He's largely got the other stuff in check. He's got the stable home life, the woman he's with. Because how easy would it be to be a famous professional athlete and a star mm-hmm. and to be like going out partying, mm-hmm. um, you know, having mm-hmm. lots of different romantic partners, like living the lifestyle. Right. And he, I've always, I don't know this person, but from what I've read, he seems certain people find a way to keep that in check. And I, I would say that mm-hmm. for me, mm-hmm. not that I was like, I don't party, but it was more that like other things intruded last year. I, I wouldn't look at it as, in ch- I, I wouldn't, I mean, I don't know this person either, but I wouldn't look at it as in check. I would look at it as it's prob- probably part of their innate character or yes. part of their innate character that they're developing. That what you, even, even with the gestures you gave, you gave structure, you gave yeah. like firm I made line. like squares in my hands. Yeah. And so th- that's how we experience it. That, they, people say always oh, very grounded, which is the earth element. Yeah. Right. So he has that structure, which then supports him being the, the star, which is up in the heaven so you have you have heaven and earth right and we can think of stars that don't have that grounding i.e someone with the name of tiger yeah and um you know and that's that, a great example like yeah. the, the destruction of his personal life was basically the beginning of the end of his professional yeah golf career yeah which is just so fascinating to me it's like and and he has an incredible work ethic right tiger does and yet his his outside of the parameter of his business he didn't have that structure and it was I, see it, see here's the thing is it pushed up against his ca- his character yeah his character couldn't maintain that kind of high high pressure high yeah. structure so he had to leak this other guy seems to have enough balance where he can you yeah. know demonstrate it in other areas if interesting there, if it comes out in six months that lebron james has yeah. 15 lovers yeah well I was wrong. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> or if that he has a crazy cocaine addict. I don't think those things are true. I would yeah. be highly surprised. Yeah. Um, but uh, what I want to say is that every character has its own challenges, and, and we as people need to know our challenges, where our strengths and where we need improvement. And it's the same thing when we write. We also need to find in our writing our characters have certain things that support them and certain things that cause downward spirals. Yeah. So I wanted to just on a more positive note, I wanted to just say like one of the questions on the workbook is like what skills and resources got you through this? Mm-hmm. And so I did want to name a couple of things because yeah. I think it was important. I mean, the first thing was just um, getting out of town helped. Mm-hmm. I think when things were a little chaotic outside of my creative life, you can get a little locked into your space and everything seems the same. So I, I left a little bit. Um, went to New Orleans at one point. Which I want to really I, helpful. I want to say how committed you are to that. By the way, <laughs> you're, really, you're really committed to that approach. And your Josh, where are you going on Thursday? <laughs> I'm 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 going out of town to work. Oh yeah, yeah. uh huh. Hard work. Yeah. Josh is off to Kauai. Um, <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, 
I would say that you're the class that you ran helped mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. in creating a, a weekly space to do my creative work. Also, I, I think I got fired up about it. And then I also invested last year in, um, uh, I got a co-working space for writers mm-hmm. and, um, I think that was meaningful for me in the sense of like, you know, your whatever was going on in the rest of my life. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, here is where this is where I go to write. Which is what LeBron, you just said Le- LeBron. LeBron James. Yeah, he does He does that. And he says, I'm in dangerous territory with sports analogies and Josh. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I totally get it. <laughs> Although but I was I, very I, impressed with the Tiger Woods fireback. Oh, like thank, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. It was all over the media for... A couple of years, but yeah, I mean, he does that. He he does it to the point where he has pre-care and post-care, and da 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 da, and he spends millions of dollars, yeah. and that's where he is today. And for you today, part of your commitment is you know spending time out of town, getting space, and uh, committing dollars to an external workspace that you can yeah. dedicate yourself to. I think it's I think it's valuable to identify it, and then if you aren't doing it, allocate time, money, circumstances to it. For sure. Congratulations. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, the next important question is what was your biggest achievement in 2018? 50 episodes. That's right. We hit our 50th episode last year and I guess we're on track to hit a hundred this year. Unbelievable. Uh, sometime in October, November. Uh, that made me feel really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. C- long-term commitment and development yeah. is yeah. important. Yeah. 50 episodes. Uh, I, believe i did two or three classes uh thanks to ann randolph uh i was invited to hollyhock and uh, did a hollyhock experience retreat there all all of those things i would say are my um, yeah you taught it you taught in canada Canada. a beautiful retreat it's a very prestigious beautiful retreat center hollyhock Mm -hmm. which is awesome you did a lot of teaching last year you Mm -hmm. taught at the braid theater in santa monica Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um part of that thing of being public yeah you really josh is really executing yeah, and and you? Um, I would say two things. Um, one was actually the thing we mentioned oddly earlier, which was playing music with my story, mm. reading out, which is mm. not something I've ever done, which felt like a good thing for me because music is complicated for me because it's the thing I have no natural talent at, but which I really love. Mm-hmm. And so I've had to really work at guitar playing and I've, mm. I've had helpful support from some good people over the years. Uh, but just like having a voice there and then this is kind of a little weird, but it speaks to a little bit to the development processes. Um, I wrote a TV pilot a few years ago, three, four years ago that was set in this one specific world and I knew that I wanted to change it to another world and I'd gotten notes from a couple of producers that they really liked it, but they needed something more. And one of the solutions I had to that something more was to put it in this other world I was interested in. Mm -hmm. It was in the world of Renaissance art and I moved into the world of high-end fashion. And when you've written, you know, five, six drafts of something and developed something and in in TV writing, creating a world is like a big part of it, Mm -hmm. even if you like your characters. Mm -hmm. So to say to that, like, oh my God, I'm going to tear this up and just completely start again Mm -hmm. is not what I like doing. Mm Mm-hmm. It's painful. It sucks. But developmentally, I did it. And I think it was the right thing to do because I just kind of thought, okay, well, this other script I wrote just isn't right. It's not quite what I want this to be. And I'm going to keep going because I still think there's a nut of a good story here. Mm-hmm. So that was like kind of a, that was a breakthrough for me. Excellent. Yeah. 
Um, also, you know, taking that risk of, of, of undoing and recreating or whatever, that's, that's a big undertaking. And uh, a lot of people choose not to. They go, no, no, I'll just keep digging, dig, dig, digging deeper in the same hole. And sometimes it's better just to start, you know, start with a new... Yeah, I just started re- redeveloping the characters. Yeah, yeah. and that, that's a huge risk, and I want to congratulate you because that's mm-hmm. really challenging for a lot of people. I want to ask a supportive question, which is in terms of being proud of 50 episodes, were there any beliefs you had that you think helped you in getting to 50? The biggest belief that I uh, tapped into uh, is Adam. <laughs> that, was the, that was probably the biggest belief. That's very sweet of you. Um, and it's true. Uh, you really, uh, we just, we kept scheduling it. We kept showing up together. And, uh, you know, I didn't, to be honest with you, I didn't really think about it. And then, and then one day, you know, you're running down the road and you turn back and you go, wow, I just, I just passed the 50 mile marker. How cool. Right. Yes. It wasn't, uh, I don't want to say it was without, without challenge, but it was nothing that was like so significant that I felt impeded. And you, how did you feel about that? I think my belief system has changed around what I mean. Like my, I think my focus on having a finished, a, beautiful thing Uh whether it's a a personal story or a script i became somehow less interested in that it's not that i don't still want it my belief system has changed to be like what could i do differently with this work so that and the reason i'm saying that is that applies to both doing music as part of my story that i read at the braid theater in october Mm -hmm. which was like i could have gotten up and read a really crafted completed story which Mm -hmm. i have done many times Mm -hmm. And it, I can do that mostly because I've spent my whole life doing that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've trained at that since basically since I was like 14, 15 years old. Mm-hmm. But this time I did something that I knew was going to not be perfect. Mm-hmm. It was going to be, there were pro- all sorts of problems with that performance. Mm-hmm. But I did it because I wanted to try something new. And similarly with the TV pilot, I was just like, instead of trying to write another draft in the world of Renaissance art and get this closer to what, it might be able to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tear it apart and explore this other direction and it's going to suck. And I'm going to have to interview people in the fashion industry. I'm going to have to take it in a whole new character direction, but I'm just going to like be like, okay, well I guess it's not what I want it to be. And this is, you know, who's spoken about this is Donna Tart, who rolled, uh, who read um, Donna Tart, who wrote, uh, I think Goldfinch it's called. She's a famous novelist. She mm-hmm. wrote um, some other book with the word secret in it, which I can't remember right now. Mm. Um, but in an interview she talked about, so Goldfinch did really well. It was, I think, a bestseller in the New York Times. She said that for nine, she spent nine months writing a portion of it and she realized she was walking down the wrong alley. Mm. She dumped all of it. Mm. And that's like a 700 page book. And c- so I can only imagine she must have tossed like at least a couple hundred pages. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like that when I read that, I was like so painful to think about that. Mm-hmm. But I think my beliefs have changed in that. And I think like, well, maybe that wasn't wasted time. It's definitely not a waste of time. And so many people uh, need to hear this and to start working from this because this is what I'm hearing from you. And I also have to say it's also true of me. Or, and this is what I believe you're saying is that you're falling in love with the process of development you know, and, and garnering so much from that process and putting more attention on that process as opposed to the finished 
uh, results. Yeah. And to trust that this that this is a long game, not a short game, and that as we as we keep developing ourselves in our sense and sensibilities as an artist, and trusting that, and trusting our instincts, that it'll move us down the right mm, path, no matter what choices we make. Absolutely. That's what I'm hearing. I'm excited by that. Yes. Um, and I should say thank you because I think this podcast has been part of that shift in my belief system. Yeah, uh, for me too. Yeah, yeah like I, too. I didn't, I, I'm a pretty results oriented person partially because I spent so much time in environments where results, I mm. mean, you know, working in yeah. the news media, yeah. results are really important. Um, all right. So look at all that inventorying we did in process work, but now we are going to set some goals for next year. <laughs> Took us 40 minutes. Uh, you could do that as well. Um, I would like to mm-hmm. begin with you, Joshua, and tell me what is like the one or possibly two big things you'd like to get done this year that would feel good to you. And this is the big thing. I hope people don't get to this part in, I hope there's some surprises by the time people get to this part of the project of the workbook. I hope they're not just like, okay, well, I, wanted to write this book at the beginning and now I do. I hope it maybe opens up like, oh, how can I think about this differently? Or maybe there's this other project I was interested in I didn't realize, but going through the process inventory, I have new ways and new things I might want to do. Yes. I thought about this. I'm still thinking about this and I'm, I'm feeling my way into it. And in some ways I feel like what I'm about to share isn't really fair because, well, because of a certain thing. But on, on, in the same token, it's very much on track. So where I am right now is I have a I have an impulse uh a pull uh-huh. to go to Europe this um early yeah. late spring early summer and to do a th- like three or four little city tour and offering up workshops as part of that thing of being public. I love it. Um and so right now I'm looking at the Netherlands, I'm looking at um uh Copenhagen, uh maybe Berlin. Oh, a- Amsterdam, Netherlands, uh, Berlin, and maybe Reykjavik, maybe not. Maybe someplace in Sweden, maybe not. But three cities in a in a two week period, and um, and touching in with that community and offering what I have to offer, and also being available for other people to witness their work as well and be inspired. You know what so, I like about this is part of your larger vision from last year, mm, which is being public. Mm-hmm. 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 It also reminds me of like Chubby Chase's European Vacation. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> thank you. What happened? <laughs> is, is that like a prediction for my future? Is no, that... it's just like in Josh's version. He like, you know, pulls a heist at a chocolate factory in yeah, Switzerland. There you, there you go. There you go. <laughs> but he doesn't steal money. He just steals their cacao machinery. <laughs> well, I mean, Original Bean does have offices in Amsterdam. So guess where I'm going? And Switzerland. Yeah. And Switzerland. Yeah. So... <laughs> Go hang out with the with the chocolate people. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna. That's so your for goal sure. is to to teach in Europe. Uh, that's what I'm hearing. Yes, I'll be teaching in Europe, and I'll also be teaching uh, in more cities in the United States. Uh, you know, just weekends here, weekends there, uh, and um, you know, going to different communities. I love it. I love it. So, can I drill down a little bit, please? <clears throat> when you talk about being in different communities. In the U.S., mm-hmm. what are you thinking? Well, um, going to where there's artistic, creative community in terms of this this kind of work uh-huh. as embedded already, and one of those cities is Portland, Seattle, Santa Fe, 
Um, so, uh, oh, also San Diego, which again, I've already said something emotional. I'll be, yeah, I'll be co- yeah, I'll be co-teaching with someone in uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Dana Reese uh, at a yoga studio uh, in uh, in the Escondido area. So, do you want to put a number around it? Like, do you want to be like, I'd like to do. In addition to my European tour, I would like to teach, you know, five workshops in different in places outside of L.A. in 2019 or is three or what do you think? I'm, I'm always going to go with the Holy Trinity, you know, which is three. But nice. but maybe I can push beyond it and go with the sensorial five. Because last year you did Hollyhock. Yep. And you're already about to do Kauai this year. So mm-hmm. it's one down mm-hmm. and you're going to teach you're gonna teach in San Diego. So that's two. Mm-hmm. I'm going to push you for five yeah i'm gonna veto three okay i feel like you already have two on the calendar and you can do five if you go back to hollyhock maybe hopefully that would be three yeah i, I with all with, and I, I love going to hollyhock i wouldn't let's say, like for instance i wouldn't count a repeat oh you're not counting repeats yeah, new not, places. yeah 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 that, I, I didn't articulate okay. that so okay. like hollyhock wouldn't count because I, you know i want to do like news like i haven't been to portland i haven't been to seattle i've been to santa fe but i haven't taught there you know so like the newness of this is really important to you yeah mm -hmm. exploring and creating and coming into connection (laughs) with community yes so i'm going to put it down three places that you've never taught before yes in the u.s and then your european tour yes the chocolate factories with (laughs) yes the charlie and the chocolate factory willy wonka willy wonka wow okay it's good vision Coming to a city near you. Mm-hmm. Email, actually, email us if you want Josh to come to your city. What a great idea. Maybe I'll tag along. Oh, well, uh, we, we, all right, Adam, I don't want you to listen to this part. Okay, listeners. Uh, <laughs> my secret intention is that Adam would meet me in one of those cities and we would do uh, a live uh, podcast from event. one of those cities. But, you know, but I don't like to pressurize Adam, so we don't talk about that in front of him. Mm-hmm. But um, that is one of my secret intentions. Okay. Berlin, and besides, Berlin, Berlin, Berlin. birthplace of my family. Is it really? Uh, both my grandfather's born in Berlin. Really? They're my late grandfather's. Yeah. Well, then I, I hate to say it. Then, <laughs> then Berlin is sort of like you know is now. It's, it's risen to the top of my <laughs> list now, Adam. Just so you know, I, Berlin is okay. Number one. Yeah. Okay. Um, anything else? Mm, I think. I think I feel like I feel like in doing those things I just sh- shared about, I will be touching in onto the sub the sub panel of the things I also want to grow, which is you know being public and showing up and yeah. you know finding new ways to approach material to help communicate stronger, better, deeper. Yeah, all that. Okay. My turn. Mm, please. Um, I have two things. One of them is to read more of my personal writing in public. So basically I just need to go into new communities and share my work, you know, as opposed to what I do now, which is just write stuff and send it to people. And it's, it's read, but not spoken. Mm-hmm. So I think like, um, like storytelling Berlin, like Berlin, like <laughs> story events in Berlin. Adam? Yeah, exactly. In, in German, in German, yeah, they speak their English is pretty good there. <laughs> English is pretty good. In Ber- those Berliners, they speak good, uh, good English. Do you speak any German? Uh, no, no spoken, oh. no spoken Deutsch. My oh. mother's can speak German. Really? She did not teach me any. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, my parents met in Germany. No. Yeah. Where? Uh, Munich on Pre, which I believe is a 
outside Munich to the Goethe Institute. It's a language place. They were both studying. My, well, my father's American. My mother's South African. They were both studying German there. I didn't know that. They met. And they decided to stick it out. Wow. Yeah. So I'm just uh, I'm making notes here of how important Germany <laughs> is and Germany is. Yeah, and, and when I can. Book uh, I would like to speak, speak and spend some extended time in Germany. Mm-hmm. They do align with my Virgo ways. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, right. Tightly controlled. Everything is well planned. <laughs> everything is efficient. Runs on time. They have good organization in that country. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So I think that it's it's to explore my abilities as to do personal storytelling. And I hate using that word P word, but like performance. But I don't know. I hate that word. But but you know what is it like to be on stage? Sharing. How about sharing? Sharing on stage. Okay. So that's definitely something. And I'm going to go back to my 2018 goal and say that I'd, I would like to hack it. Let me put it more concretely. I need to type up my notebooks. That's got to happen. I I really feel like I'm going to come home one day and my apartment will burn down. Will you stop and with my this? Six, stop with that vision. Six years, oh, come six on, years of my personal writing will be gone. All right, wait, can, can I jump in here? Uh-huh. I'm going to jump in. So you need to get... Step one is to get it into... A digital format is basically what you're yeah, saying, and right? I, and Can you outsource that? My handwriting is bad, and okay. so I feel so like so I answer could. No. So the answer is no. I would might maybe get a lot of questions. Being someone being like, um, I can't read this. Also, I probably write some weird stuff in my journals that other other people don't need to see at this point. Okay, no, that's cool. I'm, I'm just checking in. So outsourcing is out of the question. So would it be fair to say that between now and the and middle to end of spring, you could get that done? For sure. Yeah. I mean, or let me just shouldn't say for sure, because we're probably talking about like 400 pages of handwriting. So that's a lot. So if I did like, I mean, I would have 50%. I would have to do three to four pages a day to get that done by, wow, now that I put the numbers out there, it sucks. Okay. Like I would have to type up three to four pages a day to get this done by mid-April. Okay. So you want to do 50% by mid-April? Let's say two notebooks by mid-April. Two notebooks, so 50% of your workload. Yeah, and some of them have been typed up because some of them I went back and was like, oh, I really want to read this one, so I'm going to type it up. Okay. But... So two notebooks by... By, by April. By April 15th. Yes, 10th okay. day. All right. I'm, I'm going to put it in my calendar. And, I'm gonna right. and then and then listeners, if, if anybody wants to like put a little <laughs> note in your calendar too, then we can all email Adam on April 1st saying, okay, you have two weeks left. Yeah, two weeks left. And then, but then the second part of it is like, actually, I don't want to just put in a digital format. I want to start the beginning of what I could see to be like a, either a book or I hate that dreaded word performance, but something mm-hmm. that it's, I want it completed into some sort of narrative. I hear you. I feel it's really important to have that as like your ultimate goal, Yeah, but not to, uh, Com- what's the word Conf- concretize not to conflate conflate not to not to conflate the end result with the process right now which is i need to transfer from digital into Ex- digital format exactly keep it keep it luring you keep it energizing you that vi- that total vision but just work with what's in front of you and get that done as soon as that's done then you can have fun you know looking at all the material yeah, and typing up you know 150 200 pages might give me a sense of what the end result of this should be and you can also edit as you go along. You can go, you know what, this story, not so much. I'm not feeling it. You can pass. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not because just because it's in the book doesn't mean you have to, right? Should we put um, metrics around me sharing my work in public? Sure. So we, should we say once a month? Is that too much? 
Hang on one second. I'm I'm checking in with my higher self. Hang on. She's just in tuning. Um, When do you want to start that? Let's say February. Wow, February is tough. Yeah, exactly. Because February I'm not. um, Okay, starting starting March March. 1st. Yeah, and actually, to be honest, you know, the big thing coming up in March is that I've committed to do 20 minutes of... (laughs) I have no idea why I did this, but okay, yeah. uh, with two other wonderful people at a Fanatic Salon, uh, which is a small theater in on the west side of LA, we're each going to do twenty minutes of material, and that's March seventeenth. So, March, March so that's sort of like, but it would probably let's not count that because I probably should do a little a reading before that. So that's not my first. <laughs> so, so here's here's my advocation for you, and this is what it just you know like if you ever wanted to work with me, this is kind of sort of what some of the stuff I do would show up as. What my suggestion first, my suggestion is Adam, uncross your arms. I know. I'm Be in the room. Uptight, just yeah, about just that. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm sweating right yeah. now. Long, slow, deep breathing. LSD. Go take a cold uh, shower. Um, so, what I would suggest is this: is that at at least one sharing of any one piece of writing that you've done that you record, you know, like like what we're doing right now, and you put it on, you tack it on to the end of one of our episodes. Oh, wow. So now you're saying like I should do a personal story I wrote, mm-hmm. one of them. Mm-hmm. A month. One a month. One a month. And I'm going to put at the end of our episode a personal story? Yeah. And, and, it, and it can be at any time in, in the month of March. And, and so here's where I'm running up. Here, This is the block I'm having. And resi- maybe this uh, is resistance. resistance. We'll call it resistance. Well, I think part of me wants to do an actual podcast series just on my personal writing. That's like great. a standalone. But this, but that doesn't get in the way of what we're talking about. Well, but now. then it's like not fresh material. Everyone's heard it. Well, it sounds to me like you have a lot of material to share. So you know what I mean. So so take one of your your pieces that you probably would. So you're talking your about it could be like two minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't about length. This is about depth. Wow. So you know, the other reasons this is huge exposure, because for well, me, one of the reasons I don't share my personal writing is because it feels extremely intimate. Yeah. Um, everything from my relationship with my family to my personal life to my relationship with my creativity like yeah. it's a big thing it is so you're and, saying and, and you you're, rather than have me perform mm-hmm. once out a month you would rather have me your suggestion is it's not the it's, podcast or, it, or both both yeah it's not either or but it, it's just a, as a way of preparing the soil if you will because then it becomes part of your flow it's the small it's the small act yeah, so, and it's, I don't think it's a big ask. And notice I didn't put a time factor on it. It has to be 20 minutes. It has to be two minutes. It's yeah. like whatever writing you want to share, it's only once a month. It's completely at your discretion okay, this as is to what which feels, one. This was feel feasible. Yeah. One personal story on the podcast yeah. by the summer, and then I will read out every month for the next six months. Sure. That's what feels, because for me, having it out on the podcast feels different to me than going to like the Electric Lodge and reading. Oh, because there's a permanent record of it. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a permanent record that's out there. Yeah. If you, if that would be more doable, then yeah. So, but I do, I do like where you're going with this, which is that I think I need to take that step of putting something out there in a permanent way. It also needs to be part of your flow. And I'm trying to make it easy. It's like... If if you do something at the Electric Lodge or any other open mic, you know, if you miss that time frame, it's gone. 
Right. If if they have an open mic night once a month, yeah. and for whatever reasons you can't do it, that do it. Way, yeah. then, then you're trying to make you're being practical. I'm I'm trying to make it easy and doable. Right. And and it's fine if you want to start that. You know, starting May first or June first, it's totally up to you. Um, but I, I I want something that's easy, that's not so time sensitive, and you have full discretion as to what story it is. It can be fluff. It doesn't make a difference. What, what's important is that you're doing something that you're not doing today. So we're going to say one by the summer, once a month out. And let's say hopefully I can move beyond that one. And then digitizing two notebooks by mid-April. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's yeah. a lot for me. We might have to do a check-in episode like every three months. Yes. Fuck. Okay. L- let's put it in our calendar. We'll April, the, the last week of April. Okay. Last week of April, we'll do a check-in. Okay. Are we good? Yes. Well, this turned out to be a long episode. So here's my request. Um, this workbook is a culmination of so many hours and so many workshops and so many working with people. So if you are getting value in it and if you're not, and if you have questions, email notes on your notes at Gmail and just tell me what's going on. Second, send it to a friend who you think may need help. And third, for your benefit, find a partner to do this with if you mm. feel like it's not getting done. Mm. It's an opportunity for you to reach out to someone else who's creative and we didn't talk about support today, but it's a big factor. Well, let's, I mean, since you're bringing it in, let's tap into it just for a second. So key. And get someone's buy-in right now. Before you start doing it, do it together. Invite that friend, someone that you yeah. know, that you trust. That You know, here's, here's something that we talked about earlier, and I want to revisit this. If, if, you're like, if you're like a space cadet, mm-hmm. then get, go with someone who's grounded. If you're super grounded and you're like, you know, you're really stuck and you don't tend to like move very quickly, then get someone who's a space cadet who's really like open and airy and fun and so who are, who are you and I in this relationship? Uh, well, as your as your arms are crossed again, Adam, <laughs> um, I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna say we have flow. I'm just gonna say that we have flow. But but no, it's seriously when you when you pick your partner, obviously you want to have a good connection with the person you want to feel comfortable. But also think about like okay, this person tends to hold big vision, but they're not they're not very practical. They don't do the day by day steps. Some people are really good at doing the day to day incremental stuff, but they have no vision. So balance each other out in terms of partnership. It, it would only benefit both of you. Okay. So that would be key, and and do it at the beginning, and it'll be fun. Awesome. The last thing I was just going to say is that uh, if you are needing help and you want to work with me, just email. Um, I do half hour consults for free because I like helping people. And it, this is a joy for me to like actually see people in six months manifesting what they wanted to do. And I also want to say that this workbook is 100% all Adam. <laughs> No, I, I mean that in, in the most sincere and 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 you know in endearing way, in the sense of this is this is your interest. You've been working on this for years with an S. You've been doing it spontaneously with other people for like six, seven, eight years, and you have a constant way of showing up for this and retooling it and making it better and better. And I appreciate that. And I want yeah. I want our audience to know that. And so that when you get to work with, you know, Adam, the master of the, of the workbook for visioning your future, that, that there's a real passion and a, and a sincere uh, longevity to this. One of the things I try to get out of the book is to try to get people to do things that do not feel so effortful for them, things they enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And this is that work for me. This is one of the things that I really enjoy doing is like helping people get to a point where like, okay, I'm stuck. What is it I need to be doing? What is the thing that gives me most joy? Mm -hmm. How do I find focus there? Then how do I build out my process in my life to 
make sure that those things happen? What support do I need? What community do I need? Mm-hmm. Um, who, do I need to be held accountable? What's getting in the way? What boundaries and commitments do I need to make? Like setting up the structure for their lives. And then like from there, getting at it. And that's what I enjoy doing. Okay, you just totally got me excited there. Okay, I just want you to, what you just laid out, can, can we please transcribe that and put it in the show notes? Because that's all those things that you just talked about yeah. is so key for everyone to like tap into and, and be there for them. Because if you don't have that net, if you don't have that structure, it's so easy to go off the rails. And what you just said yeah. synthesized everything. Yeah, it helps to discover your process and your structure to move to work forward. Yeah, but giving 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 our audience that list is going to be invaluable. So, awesomeness! Thank you so much. We'll put a link to last year's episode if you want to compare Josh and I between this and this year and last year and judge <laughs> us accordingly. <laughs> no, no, and mm-hmm. also how important it is to drop all comparison. You know, be here now. Be here now. Yeah, uh, we'll put those in. We're looking forward to a great year. Um, Josh is going to be teaching, and there's going to be events, and there's going to be more stuff. So stay tuned by going to our Facebook uh, page and subscribing. We're also on Instagram, notes on your notes on both Facebook and Instagram. And um, always we appreciate a review on the iTunes store. It could be a New Year's gift to us. The sound on this show is courtesy of Kevin McLeod and the sound design and editing is courtesy of me. We will talk to you next week.